Today's shiur begins 18 lines from the top of Daf Samach Aleph. We open with a Dibur Masle quote from the Mishnah. Uh, that was on the afternoon Tesumat Bays, Hichnisa Loi Shivcha Achas. We're describing a woman who enters her marriage with maidservants. The Mishnah described activities that a woman who gets married is expected to perform. After all, we know that the wife, the woman, is, su- is supported by her husband. And in exchange for his support, so there are activities she is expected to do. And the Mishnah went on to say that if she brings into the marriage maidservants, so they will do those activities. So it depends on the number of maidservants she brings in, as was delineated by the Mishnah. So now we pick up our Gemara with a topic heading on the side and the margin before we read the actual text. The triangles that appear highlight mispar hashvachis, the number of maidservants she machnisa that she brings into the marriage. And how the uh, each additional one uh, that she brings in will affect her obligations, the wife's obligations. So now the Gemara text. The Mishnah mentioned that if she brings in one shivcha, so the wife won't have to grind the wheat, nor bake and wash clothing. But the other activities, and the Mishnah accounted for seven activities, all the other activities, the wife will have to do. So the Gemara asks, Let the wife say, if there were no shvachos, so I would have to do all of the activities. So now I'm bringing in one shivcha. So let the wife say, "Ailis loch I'm bringing in an itza woman in my place. In other words, instead of my doing all of the activities, the woman, the maidservant that I'm bringing into our marriage, she shall do all the activities. Mishum. So the response that the husband would give is Mishum to Omar law, he would be able to say back to her, Ha Torcha The woman you just brought into the marriage, her efforts will be for me and for herself. Kami for you who will take care of you. So that is from the husband's perspective it's not such a straightforward matter that just because there's a maidservant she comes to uh, take over all of the wife's responsibilities and the wife does nothing so in order for the couple, the husband and the wife to be cared for, the maidservant that comes in doesn't have to do all of the activities, some activities remain with the wife the Mishnah went on to say that if two were brought in, two maidservants were brought in, so in addition to what the one maidservant uh, uh, reduced, the second one reduces, there is no more cooking for the wife to do, nor any uh, nursing of the, of the child. Ha, shara, avda. But the other activities, the balance of the activities, so the wife will do. Vetemole, why can't the wife say... Ailis loch itso achriti. 
I brought into the marriage a an additional woman, the Tarcha Ladidi, Uladida, Fakada Ladidah, Uladidah. Just like you claimed before that one maidservant would leave uh, me uncared for, now I'm bringing in two maidservants, so the first one will take care of um, your needs and her own needs, and the second will take care of my needs and her own needs. Mishum, the Omar law, because the husband will say that just because you brought in two maidservants, that doesn't mean everything is covered. Kami orchi uparchi mantar, who will take care of the needs of orchi uparchi, a reference to different types of guests. Uh, orchim, Rashi says, are orchim, they're long term guests. Parchi are people that are travelers, they're wayfarers, they're coming and going. But these different types of guests will take care of them. So that it's, once again, it's not enough that you brought in two women to the to our marriage. There still is more work that needs to be done. The Mishnah said, Shalosh eno matzah If three maidservants are brought in, so she doesn't have to, the wife doesn't have to make the bedding and doesn't have to uh, do the wool work. Ha shara avda, but other things she will have to do. From uh, studying Rashi on the Mishnah, one might surmise that those other things might include uh, bringing things for the husband from uh, downstairs to upstairs. So, with that in mind, the Gemara continues. The Tamole, after she brings in three maidservants to the marriage, let the wife say, Ailis loch achriti loorchi opachi. Here now I've brought in a third woman to take care of the wayfarers and guests. So there's nothing more for me to do. Answer, Mishum to Omar Law, the husband can say, Nofish b'nei beisa, nofish urchi upachi. Because there is, besides yourself and, 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 and myself, the three maidservants, everyone has their own guests that come to visit them at some time or another. So, nofish means there's an increase, there's a lot of guests. So, therefore, just because you brought in three maidservants, that doesn't mean that you have nothing to do. Well, then if that's the case, and even if she brings in four maidservants, the... Uh, activities increase and the wife should not be described as having nothing to do and yet the Mishnah says that when she brings in four she's Yoshemis B'Katezra she sits and doesn't have to do anything the Gemara answers Arba once there are four maidservants Keva Denefishi Lehu Misayin Ahadodi there's a type of we'll say uh, maybe we can describe it as exponential work power that uh, that takes that kicks in at this point. That once you have four people working, they'll be able to take care of the increased um, uh, n- number of wayfarers, uh, leaving no uh, no work for the wife to do. And hence, the Mishnah said that if four are brought in, Yoshevis Bekatedra, she sits in her uh, cubicle. Uh, it, it just uh, doing whatever she personally wants to do without any further obligations. Omrav Chona v'itemo Rav Shmuel bar Nachmani lo hichnisa loy mamish. When the mission describes the 
woman marrying, bringing in four maidservants or, or bringing in any number of maidservants, it doesn't mean that she actually brings in, physically speaking, a woman into the marriage, an additional woman into this household. Since she's, once we say she's fit to bring in, which means the woman brings in a very large dowry, enough funds, enough property in the dowry that she brings into the marriage that would enable the uh, hiring or the purchasing of maidservants. That is enough reason for reducing the amount of activities that the wife has to do. Whether it's a woman that brings into the marriage a maidservant, or it's a wife that saves up. Simsama means she she uh, reduces her own expenditures and thereby saves up money from her own funds, from money that's coming to her, enough with which to buy a to buy or hire a maid servant. That also is considered reason enough for the wife to have this, to enjoy this reduced uh, responsibility. Before we continue, let us glance at the side. We have a, a structural note where a double underline appears. This double underline is used to highlight the Gemara. Omar Rav Yitzchok Bar Hananya, Omar Rav Huna. Afapi Sheomru Yosheves Bekatedra, even though uh, we described in the Mishnah a woman who brought in uh, four maidservants as now being able to uh, sit in inactivity in her cubicle. Aval, not exactly. Mozeges Lokois, she'll still be expected to be the one to fill up uh, uh, wine for her husband and she will still be expected to uh, prepare his make his bedding which uh, this itself is an interesting thing to note because in the Mishnah the bringing in of three um, of three maidservants was reason for that being relinquished but uh, it seems from this statement that no that won't uh, the uh, the Tzemer obligation is then that which would be uh, 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 released but the Matzah Samita would remain and the third thing she's expected to do is Harchatzis Ponov Yodav Raglov and to wash his uh, face, uh, arms and feet the Omar Rav Yitzchok Bar Hanani Omar Rav Huna all activities that a woman does for her husband, a menstruant woman, when she is in a, in a state of physical prohibition, uh, contact prohibition, with regard to her husband, nevertheless, she does for her husband. These very three things that we said are the minimal uh, wife requirements when she is a nido so she will not do these things these things are associated with a sense of um, uh, attraction emotional slash physical attraction which is something that during the nido period we want to avoid 
Vahatsoas Mita. Here you can see a uh, a new geometric forms on the side of the Gemara. We have a Nosei Mivnehenin Dine Shinui Hanoagim Beishanida Shelo Yavoli Dechibav. We're going to see uh, be- behavioral changes or um, um, procedural changes when it comes to the functioning of an Ishanida with regard to her husband so that they do not come to this point of attraction and the diamond that you see are Hadgoshas Pulos we're emphasizing the different activities and we've emphasized Hatsuas Mito and Mezigas Kos so now the Gemara continues Vahatsuas Mito we said that Anida will not do for her husband the, the making of the uh, bedding Omar Ravalo Omar Nelabafonov the restriction is only in his presence Avoshalobafonov if he's not in the room less Lonba then we'd have no objection if the uh, the wife who's Anida will make his bed will set will prepare the sheets and set up his set up the bedding Umazigas Akois with regard to the pouring of wine, let's just assume for a moment that the the standard way would be that a, a husband holds a cup of wine and she pours the wine into the cup while he's holding it. That is a, that is something that Anita would not do. If we can demonstrate some type of change, so then that will be a a sign, so to speak, to. Uh, prevent the husband from uh, taking things a step further and engaging in physical contact. It, it might be, we might call it a a simon, a reminder that she is uh, off limits at this point in time. So Shmuel Machlefa Lei Devisu Biodo Desmoila. Instead of using the right hand, she would switch to the left hand. Devisu means his wife. So Shmuel's wife would switch uh, and uh, do it uh, with the left hand. Abaya mancha apuma de kuba. Abaya's wife would fill up the cup uh, while it was placed on the uh, on the uh, edge of a barrel. Rava abay sadya. Rava's wife would pour the cup. Uh, and place it on a on a beisadja, uh, a mattress, on a bed. Rashi says a beisadja may rashosov. Beisadja might be maybe more accurate reference to a pillow, but above his head. Rav Papa Ashar Shifa. Rav Papa's wife would pour the uh, wine uh, um, and place it on a on a bench, on a footstool. All of these are changes from the standard way of filling up a husband's cup of wine. The Yomar of Yitzhak Bar Hanan Yomar of Huna, Hakol Mashin Bifnei Hashamash. Here we're going to get into a new topic, but it's here in the Gemara because of the same, the same author. So on the side, we have a topic heading, the Nosei, that's Lehit Hashev, to act with consideration, betayvus anoshim shebasivah kishemagishem mozon rechanin umegareh. Let's imagine uh, you're in the vicinity of people that are serving you food, and the food. Uh, this the the simple case would be a uh, a waiter who's hired to serve people 
food, portions of food, and the food in question is is very uh, is highly scented. Uh, it's uh, odoriferous and and alluring in its in its uh, odor. It's megared. It's arousing, arousal of appetite, so that someone who's serving the food and it's it's not his own food to eat from, but he's simply like a hired hand to serve it. What? Uh, how do we uh, treat them? So the Gemara goes on to describe this. Hakol mashin b'fnei Mashin means to delay. Uh, in in terms of giving the the uh, the waiter a portion, we delay feeding him until the guests get up, till the guests are finished. Chutz mi bosar with the exception of meat and wine. Om Rav Chista, Rav Chista qualifies this, Basur Shomein V'yayin Yoshan. Fatty meat and uh, aged wine. Om Rava, Basur Shomein Kol Kula. Fatty meat, this applies all year. Yayin Yoshan, Betkufas Tamas. And the aged wine, it has an especially strong uh, scent and uh, arousal in the summer season. Omar Rav Onan Bar Tachlifa Havi Koimno Kamei Demor Shmuel Rav Onan says I was uh, standing in front of Shmuel Vaisulei Tavshilo Da Ardi and uh, they served him a dish of Ardi. Um, it's not important for us to translate that, other than state uh, Rashi. Rashi says Min Kameinu Pitchers. Pitchers are generally translated as mushrooms. Kameim uh, tr- translated often as truffles. Whatever the case is, that's the he would serve that kind of dish, the ilav diyohev lay, and if I had not given to uh, some to the the ilav diyohev li, and we have we have Rav Onan who was uh, standing in front of Shmuel was uh, serving uh, Shmuel, and if not for the fact that Shmuel gave to me. Uh, me is again Rav Onan who was serving him if not for that Istachni I would have been in a state of danger Rashi says Istachni Ravoini a person who's overcome suddenly with a certain uh, ravenous rage if he's not fed so it can have uh, negative results Omar Ravashi and Ravashi tells us a similar story that he was uh, serving uh, Rav Kahana and they were serving him a dish uh, and I, I, brought they, uh, I brought him and they were serving him a dish of this thing called Gargalide, the Lifta Lifta is a type of vegetation uh, the Chala is in, in uh, vinegar so there's a certain pungency associated with this dish. And if not for Rav Kana giving some to me, I would have been uh, endangered. Rav Papa, Afilu Rav Papa says, even that kind of food item, Tamrasa are dates. Rashi says, Tomorrow Shmeina. It's a type of a rich uh, date. So even that is a kind of food that one must take into consideration the feelings of the waiter. 
Klola de Milso, the Gemara now gives us a rule, the rule that we alluded to earlier, called the Isle Reich of Isle Kiwa. Any food item that has a, an odor to it and has Kiwa, Kiwa is a word that might be associated with acidity or pungency. Those kind of foods are those that you must give the waiter some immediately. Avua bar'ihi, uminyomen bar'ihi. You have two, seeming they seem to be brothers. Chad sofi mikol mino mino. V'chad sofi mechad mino. One, sofi means to feed the waiter. One would feed the waiter from every dish that was brought to him. Uh, he would give uh, to the waiter. And the others, Rashi says, The other one's practice was to give the waiter one uh, food item at the beginning of the meal for him to feel sated on. And the other dishes, he would wait till after the meal to give him. So, the, in contrast, though, the first approach seems that as each dish was served, the, uh, that particular uh, host would give his waiter. So, you have two different practices here. More mishtoi eliobahadei, more lo mishtoi eliobahadei. One merited, one, one practice was viewed as, uh, as greater than the other, so the better practice merited the the one who did so to have Elio speak with him. The other one, the uh, lesser desirable, although nice practice, but the lesser desirable, did not merit him having Elio speak with him. Uh, it would be my guess that the, the one who gave the waiter uh, from each dish as it was being served would be the more uh, meritorious procedure, uh, because in that case, you never uh, the, the, the waiter was never put, uh, put to the test of holding off on something that was especially desirous Hano Tartin Hasidi, Vamri Law Rav Mori, Rav Pinchus, B'nai Rav Chista were two pious individuals, and another version has the names Rav Mori and Rav Pinchas, the sons of Rav Chista. Here too you have two practices. Mar Kodim Sofi. One would feed the Shamash uh, before he would serve. Umar Ma'achas Sofi. And the other delayed. Uh, delayed uh, in feeding the Shamash. So that in Rashi you see Kodim Sofi Kodim Shitein Lefanov. Before the waiter would serve, the host would say, you take from the dish you're about to serve. And Ma'achar Sofi Rashi says, Mikol minu min, la'achar shenosan lefonov lefnei orchem. The other practice was that each dish, as it was being served, first the, the guests are to receive their portion, uh, the host and the guests, and then the waiter. So now, we said there are two practices and they're actually, like we saw before, valued differently. The one who had adopted the practice of making sure the waiter ate before the host and guests, Elio spoke with him. 
Elio, the prophet Elio, and meriting that is obviously something that's <coughs> that, uh, that not many experience. And the Ma'achar Sofi, the one who uh, who made the waiter uh, wait before getting the taste of that food, Lo Mishtoi Elio Bade. He didn't merit having Elio speak with him. Uh, Rashi adds in just another detail. Uh, Rashi that we're looking at is around six lines from the bottom. Sofi Mishtoi, the Kodem Sofi Mishtoi Elio Bade, the Vishikishinoisin Lifneem. When he is serving them, who roel misava umitzdayer, if if he wouldn't have the food beforehand, so you have the situation of the waiter serving the food to the guests, uh, and as time went on, the desire increases, and the uh, necessity of of abstaining increases the the strain. Sometimes there are many guests, so you can imagine that the strain level is is uh, being uh, increased each time. So that the practice of kadim sofi was quite uh, meritorious, and hence the that the the, the practitioner of that method was meritorious of having Elio speak with him. As we go on, we have a new marking. The volcano shape introduces Shnei Maisim to stories, to incidents. Shamushut Lahem Mazon The common point between these stories involves a food that arouses desire. Amemar Marzutra Vravashi. By the way, take note of the long Maisa marking that you have for this Maisa and the following Maisa. So uh, we have in this story Amemar Marzutra Varvashi Habakoyasvi Abisko Debe Azgur Malka. Three great Rabbonim that were seated at the entrance of the Persian monarch's palace. The name of the the name or title of the of the monarch was Azgur. Cholafiazil Aturniga de Malka. There passed by these three rabbis, the uh, king's servant. But now Tornaga is has a specific role. He is the one that sets out the portions in front of the ministers in front of the officials. We'll call him the royal waiter. Hasye Ravashi Ravashi noticed Lamarzutra. He noticed Marzutra who was sitting with them. Uh, we continue at the top of Omid Bay's the Chivarape that he so he suddenly uh, turned pale. Shokal betzbase onachle bepume. So he he took his finger and uh, touched the food with his finger and placed it on Marzutra on Marzutra's mouth. Omarle. So the royal waiter said to Ravashi. You, you ruined the king's meal. Look, you put your finger into his food. You ruined his meal. Omru lay amai tafid So the police that were there said to uh, Ravashi, why'd you behave thusly? Why'd you do that? Omar lahu, Ravashi said back to them, man de ovid hachi postil amaychol de malka. 
one who prepares food like this is unfit uh, to feed the king from his uh, culinary production. Omrule Amai, so the police said, what, what's the problem here? What's wrong? Omar Lahu, so Ravashi said, Dovarachir Chazoi Bey. I saw here some uh, uh, Mitsora afflicted, Soras afflicted pork meat. Bodku the police looked for this Soras afflicted. Soras is, uh, in, in English, people translate it as leprous. But it's it's a, it's associated with some uh, color change where uh, there's an intense whiteness that appears, which indicates there's a it's diseased meat. So they searched that they searched that and didn't find. Shokal etzbaase Ravashi took the finger of the cook and placed it on one of the pieces. Omar Luhu, and he said to those around him, Aha, me, but Kisa, did you check over here? This piece? They checked out that piece, and miraculously, uh, it turned out to be uh, afflicted. They said to Ravashi, How is it that you relied on a miracle? And, and, and Jewish. Uh, law, we have a principle in Soimchan Alanes. One does not live his life in reliance upon miracles, in reliance upon uh, that which uh, requires, uh, we'll say, immediate divine intervention to to change to change uh, nature. This is not something that Judaism at all advocates, and yet Ravashi seemed to be Soimchan Omar Luhu, Ravashi says, uh, I wasn't reliant on, uh, uh, completely reliant on a miracle because Chazoi Ruach Tsaras de Koporcho Iluya. I saw above uh, Marzutra the. Uh, now, this is very hard to translate. It's an abstract or a mystical idea, but it's the, the spirit of Tsaras was hovering over. Marzutra's head. So that Ruach of Tsaras indicated that there was, in fact, a Tsaras problem here. And by my putting the finger on the piece of meat, so I, I uh, will say, um, uh, enabled, a, uh, uh, I uh, activated, we'll say, the, uh, the spirit of Tsaras to manifest itself. So it's not a as we would say then it's not a total miracle being that there was already some element of Tsaras present before I took action another Maiset Ahu Roma uh, Roma uh, we'll say is a, a person from Rome the Omar law lahi itzah he said to a particular woman Minsvisli would you agree to marry me Lo, no, I don't want to marry you. Well, he was uh, uh, obviously uh, taken aback. He was offended, and so now you'll see what he does. Ozil Icy Rimni. He went ahead and and brought a an, a, f- a food item called Rimni. Maybe we'll translate it as a pomegranate. Poli the Ochal Kamal. 
he cut it into pieces and in her presence he started to eat from it now if we even if we don't we don't have to commit ourselves to a translation but it's enough for us to say that this this uh, Rimni item is something that had the characteristics of the food we described on Amad Aleph there's a, there's a certain aroma and pungency to it and as a result of that the, the woman who was sitting there experienced um, excessive salivation Komaya Ditsari law Maya is the accumulated uh, saliva that uh, resulted in, in her being exposed to the pungency of this food item uh, it's it's that which one experiences when he's in the presence of food that he's not partaking of. So Bala says she swallowed that uh, that saliva. Below have law, and he didn't give anything to her. Ad dezog law, until her her face and her belly started to swell. So he's uh, you can see that he has an uh, obvious uh, tactic here. Lesof uh, Omar Law, and he saw that she was uh, definitely experiencing uh, discomfort, maybe putting things mildly. And he then said to her, If I make you better, if I heal you, will you then marry me? Omar Layin, yes. Apparently desperate at this point. She says, Yes, I agree. Ozil, I see Rimni. He then brought some more of this very food item. He split it, cut it into pieces, ate in front of her. And then he told her, All the saliva that accumulates and causes you this, causes you this desire. So, spit it out. As soon as it accumulates, spit it out. And, and she did this. Until there emerged from within her, what appeared to be a a green uh, branch the Itzias and that represented her healing the topic heading that we have on the side of the Gemara Nosei reads regarding uh, expectation of uh, women to engage in uh, work with fabrics Pishton will see uh, we'll see a reference to Pishton. The Mishnah we saw a reference to wool. In this discussion, we'll see a reference to Pishton. Uh, Pishton is flax. It's the raw material from which uh, linen uh, linen fabrics are made. So our Gemara is Medayik, but but Semer in Bepishtim Lo. The woman's obligation is to work with Semer, not to work with Pishton, not to work with flax. Masnisen money. Our mission in saying thusly is in accordance with whom? Answer, Rabbi He. Our mission is in accordance with Rabbi Yudah. Desanya, Eno, Kaife, a husband cannot force his wife. And there are a number of things that are listed here. And you'll see they're dashed underlining a little bit later, which is our point regarding the Pishnah. But in the meantime, a husband cannot force his wife. Lo lamoid lifnei oviv. Now the word lamoid as we saw before in Aramaic but it has to do with serving uh, a person cannot force his wife to serve his father nor his son 
let, we can uh, certainly assume that son is a uh, it's a child from another marriage. Velo litain teven lifnei behemto. Nor to uh, force he cannot force his wife to to serve a uh, hay to his behemto. Now what behemto means? There actually are two pshatim in the Rashi. So if we look together in the Rashi, actually maybe just another phrase in the Gemara, and then we'll appreciate the Rashi more. Now, before seeing this Gemara, uh, I would assume, many people would assume that Behema and Bokar are almost interchangeable expressions. But here, obviously they are not, because there's a different law that applies to Behema versus Bokar. So what are these things? So we look in the Rashi, Behemto, number one, there are two Pshatim we said before in Rashi, Behemto is Sus Bechamor, Sus is a horse, Chamor donkey, Shehein, Mizuyanim Vitsalim Lurvia. These are animals that are have a let's say a high level of uh, let's say maybe we call it sexual activity. Uh, they're they're uh, diligent in Revia. Revia has to do with um, intimacy. Avol um, Bokar, but other kinds of animal Bokar then by process of elimination, so it's not horses nor nor a donkey, so we'll say it's in the realm of the of uh, cows. Bokar Enolohu Achar Revias Isha. They are they wouldn't seek out, they wouldn't desire intimacy with a woman. And again, this is in contrast to Sus Hamor that uh, actually uh, would be happy uh, in to to experience that. And it's its desire isn't so uh, obvious. Therefore, a, a woman would not be uh, seduced by this, by this yetzer. Now we're we're saying things that are uh, to uh, certainly to the western uh, uh, city dweller, uh, um, and I'm sure amongst our listeners uh, we have many of those. These uh, would appear to be quite surprising, but when Chazal say things, do not take these things lightly. Uh, it's one of these kind of things is just keep it in the back of your mind that there are, are different tendencies amongst animals and uh, and women human beings can be affected by these tendencies another pshat Rashi has that a boker is a reference to females and behemo is a reference to zechorim uh, the Bach has a uh, has difficulty with this uh, second shot, but he offers a possible way to accept it anyway. That having been said, we go back to the Gemara. Rav Omer, and this is where we become interested as far as our sugi is concerned. Af eno lasois the pishton. He cannot force his wife to work with flax. In working with flax, flax is a it's a type of reed that is fibrous, and in in peeling it apart uh, to uh, find the strands of that will eventually be spun and made into uh, into uh, linen thread for linen fabric production. Uh, there's uh, a a person who's working with the with the flax 
has to uh, put it. Has, he needs saliva and puts it in his mouth for making it easier to work with. So it it has the uh, there's a side effect from working with it, and that uh, it um, creates bad breath, breath, bad odor in one's mouth, and it causes a swelling of the lips. As Rashi says, uh, he says she She always has to keep the uh, the, th- the the threads soaked in saliva. And uh, as I said, I'm my impression is that it's like uh, people sometimes have uh, keep put thread in their mouth to uh, when before threading before threading a needle. So this seems to be a constant process of having the the fibers in one's mouth. Let's continue in the Gemara. We made a diuk, uh, and, and what we're saying now is based on the Tosfos commentary that b'tzemerin b'pishton lo. Yes, tzemer, but not with pishton. Vanimi b'kisna rumah. This is true with a Roman flax. Uh, kisna is is uh, pishton. That kind of flax is what causes these side effects. Rabbi Lazar Omer, Afilu We saw in the Mishnah on Daf Nun Tesomidbeis that even if a woman enters a marriage with a hundred bondmaids, the husband can insist that she works with wool, that she preoccupies herself with <coughs> wool, with the spinning of wool. And the Mishnah Rabbi Lezer mentioned because inactivity brings to uh, zima, brings to can lead a person to immorality. Our Gemara, Omar of Malchio, Omar of Ado Baravo, Halocha Kerebi Eliezer. Halocha follows uh, Rebbe Eliezer in that the work with Tzemer is something that she will always have to do. Omar of Hanino, Bredravika. Now we have a uh, double underline marking, and on the side of the Gemara, under the structural note, this is a uh, highlighting of Shnei Deois Al Eza Halochas Rav Malchioi Omar Vi Eza Rav Malchia. We have two names of Amoraim that are very similar Rav Malchio versus Rav Malchio. And each one of these names is associated with a series of laws. The question is which name is, a seri- is associated with which particular laws? So Rav Hanino Breid Ravika tells us there are six laws, three and three. The first three are associated, we'll see, with Rav Machio, and they are referred to by headline words. Uh, since each one of these words represents an entire sukya in different masechtos, we're not going to delay on what they represent, because in Gemara markings as you may have heard us in the past. We're we're uh, strong advocates, not only in the context of the Dafyomi learning that in, uh, that these shiurim are part of, but in general, uh, every Jew should learn all of the Talmud, so that even though in certain places we uh, we are concise. 
with our description of things, it's all in the, uh, the, the hope and belief that you're going to see these topics in their own context when they arise. So we're not going to explain the, each one of these six halachas other than refer to them by their titles. So halacha one is shpud, number two shvachos, and number three gumos. Now here you see we dashed on the line shvachos, but shvachos is something that we just learned about. It has to do with this whole topic that's featured in the Mishnah. I emphasize featured in the Mishnah concerning women who bring into their marriage uh, maidservants the uh, the the Rav that deals with these halachas is Rav Malchiyo now numbers 4, 5 and 6 the topic of Bloris, Afer Makla and Gevina those are topics that were dealt with by Rav Malchiyo Rav Papa Omar Rav Papa has a different breakdown and in following the, the, the simplest approach the approach that you'll find in Rashi Toysus has a slightly more uh, elaborate approach but following the simplest approach Rav Papa has a, he disagrees with Rav Hanino Breder of Iko's breakdown and Rav Papa says in a somewhat uh, we'll say abstract or un, we'll say unclear fashion he says Masnisinu Masnisa Rav Malchia Shmaitsa Rav Malchio. Now, now let us explain. Masnisa and Masnisa refer to Tanaic sources. They're Mishnayis and Brises. We, for our purposes, they all fall under the heading of Tanaic material. Those topics that are are uh, rooted in or commentaries on a Mishnah. So those topics were addressed by Rav Malchiyah. Shmaitzah, those are issues that are of an, uh, we'll call it, Amoraic origin. They're not issues that were featured in a Mishnah, per se. So of these six halachas, those are that are associated with Shmaitzah are authored by Rav Malchiyah. Now, in terms of, let's say, hierarchy, uh, what, which information is considered more uh, more authoritative or more important, for lack of better expression? Uh, Mishnah is stronger. Mishnah is cited as a source. Mishnaic or Tanaic literature can be used as a source to refute statements made by Amoroyim. So there's a certain primacy that we associate with Tanaic literature. And hence, if you want to know which one of these names which are so similar to one another uh, is associated with which category the Simonech in order to remember things Masnisa Malkisa Masnisa, a reference to Tanaic literature is like a Malkisa like a, a king or a queen it's uh, of, of greater significance now in our case Rav Malchiyah sounds like Malkisa, and he is the one that's associated, according to Rav Papa, with the as he's the commentator on those of the six halachas, the, those that are rooted in Mishnayis. So far, things are still a bit abstract. In other words, what is the difference in in, in practical terms between Rav Hanino's breakdown? And Rav Papa's breakdown, and here the Gemara addresses that. My Bina, what's the difference between their respective breakdowns? 
Iko binayu shvachos. Here we focus on shvachos. According to Rav Hanina, the first approach, shvachos was was described or addressed by whom? Well, by Rav Malchi Yo. According to Rav Papa, Shvachos, as is quite clear to us who are learning this topic right now, as a a, a topic that you can see very clearly is is based on the Mishnah. The Mishnah described the issue of a woman entering marriage with maidservants. So it's a Mishnah-based teaching. Therefore, according to Rav Papa, the author of Mishnah-based teachings, which in this case in, includes Shvachos, that is authored by Rav Malchi Yah. So just to go over this again, Rav Hanina has Shvachos being addressed by Rav Malchi Yoh, and Rav Papa would say it's not Rav Malchi Yoh that addressed the issue of Shvachos, but rather Rav Malchi Yah. And hence, at the first wide line of the Gemara, just, uh, if you just go back five lines, at the end of the line we had underlined Rav Malchi Yoh. According to Rav Papa, it would not be Rav Malchi Yoh as the speaker, but rather Rav Malchi Yoh. As far as Rashi is concerned, the other topics would would be would just stay the same, so that according to Rav Papa, it would seem to be then we take Shvachos out of uh, Rav Papa. According to Rav Papa, uh, in his opposition to Rav Hanina, we'd be removing Shvachos from under the heading of Rav Malchi Yo and putting Shvachos along with those comment, those items that Rav Malchi Yaw discussed, giving Rav Malchi Yaw four topics that he addressed, and Rav Malchi Yaw then two topics. I just want to point out that the Toysuis, the Rabbeinu Tam, has a, uh, has a different, I should say the, the Rashbam, that is the Rashbam in the Toysuis has a different approach. Let's continue in the Gemara. Rav Shungam Leomer Rav Shimon Leo, in our Mishnah Daf Nun Testament base, said that if a um, man is madiras ishtumasus malachi, makes it netter that his wife shall not do malacha, that marriage has to be disbanded because because inactivity brings to a, a state called shiamum, um, called clinical boredom, uh, where a person can lose his mind. So the Gemara asks. Hainu Tanakama, meaning is what is the dip, what, isn't Rav Shmuel saying the same thing as the Tanakama? Both of them are 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 clearly uh, condemning a situation of inactivity. What's the difference between saying uh, that the inactivity leads to uh, immorality or it leads to uh, a state of uh, insanity? The Gemara says Eko binayu, a, a practical case of difference would be the metalala buguraisa kitnaisa vinadrashir. I don't know uh, if if you have um, seen, let's say, the, there's a certain stereotype of uh, of uh, uh, ladies. I'm not sure that they're always little old ladies, but ladies with little poodles, manicured little poodles. Uh, if you have seen that uh, in pictures or films or what have you. It's a, a, a type of imagery that you see right here in our Talmud. And if we take a look at Rashi, 
the lower part of the narrow lines right before the next Mishnah commentary, the metal of the Gereisa Kitnaisa Vinadrashir, Misachekis Beklovim Dakim, a woman who plays with little dogs, Uschok, Shikorin, and some type of um, um, entertainment or amusement with these creatures. And it, the Rashi gives you a French word. So, what's the result? Lidei Zimo Ika. She's basically a woman who spends her time with her little dog is still considered, according to the approach of Rabbi Lazar, that's still considered inactivity. So she would be still subject to Zima, to, uh, we'll say, insufficient other activity to keep her away from immorality. Um, however, Lidei Shiamun Leko, she's preoccupied to the extent that she won't come to Shiamun, she won't come to insanity. The ain Shiamun Ela Gamri. Shiamun, this type of uh, clinical boredom which leads to Shiamun, losing one's mind, that is, that, that is a possibility only if one is totally inactive. One who sits on a, a chair or a sofa staring at the ceiling all day. That kind of person can, uh, is, is susceptible to Shiamun. We continue in the Gemara, we have a new Mishnah. Hamadir es ishto mitash A man who takes an oath whereby he, he vows not to experience the pleasure that a man ordinarily uh, enjoys while experiencing intimacy. So he forswears the, the benefit, the, the pleasure from intimacy with his wife. Uh, well, the result of that kind of neder is that uh, the couple is not going to uh, is not going to have intimacy, and a, a marriage cannot be maintained like that. So Beishamai says, if he vows and says for two weeks I am not going to uh, provide, I'm not going to engage in intimacy, uh, and uh, then that is reason for disbanding the marriage. Basilal Omrim Shabos Achas. One week. That's enough reason for disbanding the marriage. You see that Basilal is more restrictive than Beishamai. And hence uh, the note on the side indicates this appears in Masechus Adius, a tractate of Mishnayis. There's no Gemara, there's no Talmud on Adius, but in that tractate, the. Uh, the Tana lists off areas where Beishamai is more lenient than Beishilel. We continue with the general topic of intimacy and times allotted to it. You see, we've underlined uh, quite a bit of underlining in this section of the Mishnah. Different forms of uh, occupation have been highlighted, and depending on the type of occupation, that will have influence on when we expect the couple to engage in intimacy. Let us make one thing clear, and this point will be brought out later in the Gemara, that the ratio deals with a very specific situation of a vow having been taken. Here, we're not dealing with vows. We're just dealing with, uh, say, a normal life experience. HaTalmidem Yotzin L'Talmud Torah Shalom Birshus Shloishim Yom uh, per, per, people who engage in Torah study can leave their homes without their wife's permission for a period of up to 30 days. That means that she is not going to be uh, part- participating in intimacy with her husband 
certainly not on a weekly basis and not on a bi-weekly basis. He's going to be out of house for 30 days. Uh, and, and, and that's within the realm of acceptable uh, behavior. Apolim Shabbos Achas. Workers, they can be out of the house for one week. Ha'oino Amur the Oino Ona is the uh, obligation of a man to provide intimacy for his wife with his wife. So Haomer Haona Amurbatura, Batayolam Bachoyom. Tayolam is an expression the Gemara will have to define later. But they are expected to provide Ona every day. Of course, assuming that the wife is not a Nida. And Apolim Shtayim Bishabas. Uh are those that would be again Paulim we have to deal with the fact that the Mishnah just addressed Paul in the line before, and here you see a different time frame that has to be dealt with later. Twice a week, and Achamorim, those are donkey drivers, Achas Bishabbos, once a week, Hagamolim, Achas Lishloshim camel drivers, they travel at much greater distances, and so up till uh, once every 30 days, Hasaponim, Seafarers, Achas Lishisha Chadoshim, Divrei Rebbe Eliezer. And the seafarers once every six months. And this is all in accordance with the Tana Rebbe Eliezer. Later in the Gemara, we're going to see uh, one of the Amoraim taking the approach that this is Rebbe Eliezer's approach, but the Chachomim have a different approach to this matter. My time all the base Shammai. Regarding Madir Ishto, one who vows not to uh, engage in intimacy with his wife and we phrased it very carefully when we presented the Mishnah that a person's vow in his vow in his in the text of his vow he says I forswear my benefiting from my wife's intimacy uh, a person a, a husband has no right to say I am not going to provide intimacy for my wife but if he phrases it this way there is uh, there is a there is a vow. It's just that intimacy in effect won't be provided. But if you swear, if you vow directly uh, uh, not to provide intimacy for one's wife, that doesn't get off the ground because he is bound to providing intimacy for his wife. Here he's saying that he wants to forswear the benefit he would receive from it so that is a, a form of netter that takes effect but it still is going to result in this uh, uh, intolerable situation so what is the basis of the two week period that Beishamai mentioned Answer Gamri they learn Mioletis Nekeva from a woman who bears a female child the Torah tells us that a woman who gives birth to a little girl so she's in a state of tumor of defilement and hence prohibited to her husband for a period of two weeks so we see that women in, through, through the Torah itself uh, entertain the possibility of a woman being pro- prohibited for two weeks therefore uh, we if he, if he makes this vow uh, 
that says that uh, let's say up till two weeks that he won't uh, he forswears benefit from her uh, we cannot force him to separate from her Basil learns from the Torah's teaching regarding a woman who gives birth to a male child where she is Tmeya for one week. The Gemara asks, Ubeisilel Nami Nigmaru Mioledis Nekeva. Why doesn't Beisilel learn like Beishamai and and learn from the two week period associated with a female birth? The Gemara answers, E Mioledis Gamri Law. If Beisilel in fact learned from the topic of birth, Hachi Nami, I would agree. And that's why you see a little base in Kinnings that the, the basis of Basil is not like we thought two li- uh, the line above where the Aleph was learning from birth, but rather Basil learns from the laws of Nida. Now the laws of Nida, again on the according to the Torah, and we're not speaking in terms of practical aloha. We never attempt to speak in terms of practical aloha when we have our Gemara markings uh, recordings. But nevertheless, the Torah, when it speaks about Nida, says that a woman, when she becomes a menstruant, she is forbidden for that week to her husband. So there's precedent in the Torah for a man uh, being uh, off limits to, her, to, her, uh, to his wife for one week. So that's the precedent for Beis Hillel's figure of Shabbos Achas, one week. What's the underlying logic in this machlokus between Shammai and Beis Hillel? More so far, Beis Hillel is of the opinion, We learn that which is common from a precedent that is common. And here's a very, very interesting uh, sociological or uh, familial marital observation that which is common Rashi on the fourth line under the Gemara the fact, facts of life none of us are naive facts of life are that men express their anger or get angry at their wives and that's described as something frequent and not only do they get angry at their wives, but in their anger they also vow. This kind of behavior, and by the way, we do not encourage that. This is not something that we smile upon, but we've mentioned many times in recent shiurim that the Torah, that the, the Talmud especially, deals on, on an earthly level. It deals with the reality of life, and it, it of course makes reference to uh, things to strive for as well, but the, when learning the Talmud, you should everyone should feel very very comfortable in the sense that if you're dealing with a with a a work, uh, I call it a living entity that is talking to each one of us as we are, as you call it, your basic raw human being, and your basic raw human being is someone that gets angry frequently with his wife. As it's sad, it's unfortunate, we're supposed to rise above that. But again, the Talmud talks to us on a very basic level. And since this is a regular phenomenon, we derive, or we learn, 
it from that, all, that which is also a regular phenomenon. And here we're talking about biology. It's a regular feature of most women to experience a menstrual cycle. And regularity, commonness of nida is 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 much more so per, is much more pronounced than the uh, uh, frequency of birth. So the nida, the one week standard that you see by nida, is the basis of Basilel saying that a one who vows. Uh, preventing the intimacy with one's wife is only if it's uh, that uh, that is a let's say a serious vow if it is for even one week. Umor Savar Beishamai, who didn't learn from Nida but rather learned from the issue of pregnancy and birth, midi dehu gorim law, midi dehu gorim law. Gorim is to cause. The vow taken is something that he caused. He made the vow. And for how long? From something else that he causes. He impregnates the woman. So that's what he, something he causes. And therefore it, pregnancy and, and birth, birth and the defilement that results therefrom is something that can be traced back to the husband. Omar Rav, Machloikis B'meforesh. The Machloikis base, Shammai Basilo, is where he specified, he spelled out an amount of time. Avo Bistam, if a person vows uh, without adding any time factor to the vow, that's Bistam, an unqualified vow. Divrakol, everyone agrees, Yoitsi Laalter Viteng Suba. This couple is to immediately separate and uh, divorce. And she receives her ksuba payment. Ushmuel, he disagrees with Rav Omar, afilu bistam. Even if he vows without uh, a, a time frame, nami yamtin. We should wait, uh, according to Beishamai, two weeks, according to Beishila, one week. Shemo yimtsa pesach nidra. Maybe within that time frame, uh, he'll find, the husband will find an opening, a way to rescind the vow. This idea of rescinding a vow means where the, the husband finds some point at which he uh, regrets having made the vow, approaches a, a Torah scholar, and the Torah scholar is vested with the power of absolving him of the vow. So it's true, people get angry, they, they uh, flip their handle, as they say, but in the course of time, may come to regret. So how much time do we give that regret to uh, develop, Beis Shammai will tell you two weeks and Beis Hillel one week. The Gemara asks a question. You'll notice the question is a uh, a long question. We have it marked thusly. The Gemara asks, Ha pligi ba chadazimna. Um, have uh, have have they not already argued about this uh, once, namely uh, uh, Rav and Shmuel? So uh, we have a Tanaic source, and uh, on this Tanaic source you'll see a, a, a comment made by Rav and by Shmuel. This nan Hamadir as Ishto Milhanuslo, Ashlo Shimyom Yamid Parnas, person who vowed that his wife shall not benefit from him. So up till thirty days, the 
Parnas is set up. Parnas is a called an intermediary who will uh, through whom she will be supported. Yoshimikan Yotsivitang Suba. more than that, then the couple must divorce and she receives payment. The Omaravlo Shano Elabimaforish Avobistam Yoitsi Lealtavitang Suba. Once again, we see, like before, where the idea of holding out is only when he spells out the amount of time. But if it's stam, if it's an unspecified amount of time, that if the vow is made with an unspecified amount of time, then divorce must be made immediately. Shmuel like we saw before, says if it's even if it's stam, we still wait. We don't insist on the couple divorcing immediately. So the question remains, why do Rav and Shmuel have to teach their respective opinions twice? Once in the topic of Madir uh, Tashmish and uh, again in the topic of Madir Asishtam Gahonislo. I need this double teaching. Diet Marbaha had it been taught only in our Mishnah with regard to Madir Asishamitashmish, Bahokoma Rav, here Rav would tell you that if it's Stam, they must divorce immediately. Mishum because it's a it's a type of vow that whose whose uh, say solution cannot be accomplished through an intermediary. He vowed not to provide uh, not to receive any personal benefit from intimacy with his wife. There's no it's, it's, a, it's a husband wife it's exclusively husband wife wife related Aval Bahi in the case of a uh, husband who said he's not going to provide support to his wife uh, not provide benefit to his wife it's support to his wife the Efshabaparnas the issue of providing the wife with support is possible through an intermediary Amor Modi lay Lishmuel. Maybe Rav would agree with Shmuel if he is mother as Ishim Onislaw in an in a stam fashion, an unqualified fashion, not so quick to separate the couple. So therefore, it's not enough if we see Rav's point of view just with Madras Ishto Mitashmish. I would not have known what Rav's opinion would be in the case of Madras Ishto Milahanuslaw. I would have thought that he agrees with Shmuel, and he does not. Vietmar Bahi, and had we taught the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel only with regard to Madras Ishmael Honeslo, Bahakumar Shmuel, there Shmuel says in a Stam situation, let's wait. Avul Bahal, in the case of Madir Mitashmish, Ema Modulil Rav, maybe Shmuel would have assumed Rav's position that it's an intolerable situation, there's no intermediary that's, that can, that can uh, move into the picture. Let's split them immediately. Srikha, therefore I have to tell you, that even in that case, Shmuel maintains his opinion that we wait.